Hi, my name is Jameson. Welcome to the Unexpected Experts Podcast, a show where we dive into the vast spectrum of human knowledge and the ways that our experiences make us experts in unexpected ways. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Unexpected Experts. This week, I have on the music duo Broadtree. They're a music duo out of Ontario. Uh, They are based in Toronto. Uh, Their names are Armand and Nicole, and I had such a great time chatting with these two and really getting to meet them and getting to understand who they are as people, why they do the things they do, why they write the music that they write, um, everything. It was, this was such a great chat. I am so excited for you guys to hear it. And if you have as much fun listening to this episode as I had recording it, leave me a review over on iTunes. Let me know what you love about the show, maybe what you don't like so much about the show. Uh, Send me an email or fire me a message over on Instagram. I would love to hear from the people that listen to the show, what they love about the show, what they don't love about the show, all of that. Uh, Any feedback, any messages, all of that, it's all welcome and... Uh, It makes the show better for the people that love to listen to it. So uh, thank you in advance for contributing in that way to this show. And here is my interview with Broadtree. Thanks, everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Unexpected Experts. This week, I have on two people. Um, They are a music duo, and they are... Their names are Armand Anthony and Nicole McCafferty. Uh, Armand has been in the greater Toronto area for most of his life. And music and performing have always been part of his life, kind of in and out of school and with different acting gigs as well. Um, and he's got this, this extra little uh, thing that he does on the side too as well. He says he's a mentalist. Um, which I would I would love to get into that. Actually, I think that'd be pretty cool to talk about. Uh, but he also describes it as psychological illusionism. So I'd love to chat about that. That sounds super cool. Um, then Nicole is from Nova Scotia. Uh, she came to Toronto to produce, or sorry, to pursue musical theater, and has also been to all of the provinces in Canada, but has yet to see some territories. So. Um, I think maybe maybe if you do a flyby from Yukon all the way across to Nunavut, then you could wrap those all up in one go. <laughs> I think that'd be sweet. Um, Nicole's also a big fan of everything nerdy, like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Marvel, all of that. And she loves to consume all kinds of fan fiction from those universes and worlds as well. Uh, together, they make up the group Broadtree. So they have several releases available already from their first song, Red. Um, a small Christmas EP, as well as a full album that they released just earlier this year titled Feeling Bad, Feeling Better. Uh, Their newest single, Breath of Fresh Air, just came out, I think within the last week or so at the time of recording. Um, And they are currently on tour across Ontario right now. So if you're in that part of the country, be sure to check them out if you can. Um, All that info will be available, I'm sure, on their website or on their social media if you want to connect with them there. Uh, Armand and Nicole, welcome to Unexpected Experts. Hi, thank you so much. Yeah, this is this is a good one. Um, (laughs) Maybe I'll just for for everyone listening, I'll just give us everyone a little bit of background about how this interview sort of came together. So I was in bed one night and just like following some people on Instagram through my uh, through my Instagram account for the podcast, and 
just down the chain and just adding people and following people and see which people looked uh, exciting or interesting. And so I guess I ended up following you guys. And then um, Armin sent me a message over Instagram saying, hey, do you guys do interviews with musicians? And I said, oh, yeah, I've, I've had a few musicians on already. So I'm definitely down to talk about that. Um, but Nicole and Armand are in, you guys are in Toronto currently? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's home base for you both. Yeah. Yeah. As far as, yeah, pretty much it's in the yeah. US. Gotcha. <laughs> that was a really complex answer to a yes or no question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. Yeah, so this is where our studio is. This is where we do all our recording and this is where we live now. Nice. Man, like the back cave of Broadtree. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. Okay. I would love to hear like, um, this seems as appropriate an episode as any to ask you both for your superhero origin story right off the top. So maybe Nicole, we'll start with you. If you want to, if you want to give us your whole superhero or supervillain origin story, whichever, oh. is, whichever is applicable. Like <laughs> I'm going to start asking well, My parents way. abandoned me at a young age. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so, uh, I guess when I was in, you know, when I was growing up and stuff like that, I've always loved, um, singing and, and, you know, reading out loud and just being dramatic, I suppose. Um, and, but I never really thought of it as actually something one could do for a career. When I was growing up, I was very academic and a little bit snobby about that sort of thing. And I was like very much in the mindset of like, oh, these are, these things are so much fun and I enjoy them so much, but like, that's not a real job, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so I was totally, I had like, from the time I was like six, I had planned out my path of like, this is the university I'm going to get into and I'm going to start raising money from the time I'm little to get there. And uh, it wasn't, then in high school, I started doing musicals and it wasn't until like the tail end of grade 12 where I just finally realized that like, like I was so, when, the, when my last high school musical was over, I was just so devastated at the thought of never getting to perform again. And I thought, if I feel this strongly about this, maybe I should take a second look. So literally just the last few months I was in high school, I just changed gears completely and uh, abandoned the original academic plan. And, um, and I went and pursued musical theater. I lived in Newfoundland for a year and I studied theater there. Cool. And then because their focus wasn't really musical based and music's always been a huge part of me and what I love and who I am and what I do. Um, I decided to sneakily because my parents, I do not think would have approved of this at all. I never, I, w I was never able to take like any drama classes or anything outside of school um, in Nova Scotia, there wasn't a lot where I was from anyway, but also just, it wasn't like my parentals wouldn't have been down with it. I don't think too much. Right. Hopefully they yeah. won't listen to this anyway. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but so, so then sorry, when I mom moved and dad. To, <laughs> yeah, they love it now. Um, but then when I moved to Newfoundland for university, I finally got to do like, I had, it was free. I could do my own thing. So I, I joined all of these outside drama community groups and I took classes and I did all this stuff even outside of school. And then um, I found some musical theater programs in Toronto that I decided I really wanted to try. So I spent all of my life savings up to that point, and I secretly, in secret, I flew to Toronto and I auditioned for a couple of the musical theater programs up here in Toronto. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody until I got in. Wow. And then I let my parents know, and I was like, so I'm moving to Toronto because I got a new university up there. <laughs> That's I don't think awesome. you ever told me that no one knew. No, it was a big secret. It was a big secret. I, mean, I think I maybe told that's you. That's like a superhero origin story for sure. Like, <laughs> right? like some well, sneaking around. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So I had are, to take are your my parents shot, in, you know? Are your parents still in Newfoundland right now? Or my parents like, where are, are they in from? Nova Scotia. Okay. Yeah, Nova my Scotia. parents are in Nova Scotia. Scotia. Yeah. So there was enough distance in Newfoundland that I could be sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. And now, of course, they're both like think I'm amazing and no, oh, it's so wonderful that she's an actor and a singer, you know, <laughs> they're very proud now that they know that it isn't just a pipe dream, I guess. That's great. <laughs> like you snuck out and it all turned out well and we're here yep. now. Yeah. <laughs> Rebuilt That's the life savings cool. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Probably the plane from, uh, from, from Newfoundland over to Toronto is, is pretty pricey. I know like oh, anytime yeah. people go out to the rock, it's always so expensive. Yeah. And I get it because it's like, they don't go like, it's not as common of a trip, I guess, but it's still like, seriously, it's not that far away. It seems yeah. kind of unnecessary. Like, we have the, the technology. Same as Halifax, like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, I, I went home this summer to, and I flew into Halifax from Toronto and it was so expensive that, like I could have gone to Europe. It's, it's wow. insane. I actually, he ended up driving me out to Waterloo a tiny little airport out in Waterloo because it was cheaper to like go all the way to Waterloo and then fly than it was to go out of Toronto. That's crazy. Mm. Yeah. I've, I've been seeing sales. Like I've wanted to go back to Amsterdam for a while. Like I went to about two summers ago and I've wanted to go back since. And some of the seat sales that are going on at least right now are like ridiculously cheap to fly mm-hmm. across the pond and then it's twice as much to still fly within our own country up to Newfoundland because like, it's just bonkers yeah yeah, yeah. flights good in Canada is crazy well, and that, that's and then, why and, and then the government's and then our government's always like why is tourism down in Canada I'm like mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cause and effect the best way to see Canada is to take the train like cross mm-hmm. Canada but it's like triple the price of a, of a plane ticket it's yeah it's, insane. it's, it's crazy wow <laughs> that's crazy uh, Armand, what about you? What's what's your superhero or supervillain origin story? I feel he has like I, so many crazy I, stories. I feel like I should have gone first because that was no. Yours is no. I was, I was captivated by that. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, I um, I, I was I was I was born in Mexico. We moved back and forth for the better chunk of the first half of my life, uh, and then we eventually landed in. Brampton just because that's the easiest way to put it uh so just kind of in the GTA right I started doing drama in high school so that's kind of what kicked off the performing side I mean when I was a kid like even in Mexico I was doing whatever would allow me to be on stage in front of people I don't remember half of what it was like I got a guitar when I was three I didn't know how to play it I don't even know if it was a real guitar or not I just remember that like my parents got me a guitar and a, and a, and a little microphone with like a little tiny speaker. And I would pretend that I was Sharon Lewis and Bram and doing like constant, like yes. elephant show shows in my bedroom with like, <laughs> nice. um, and you know, I, I always, anytime that I say that I have to apologize to friends and family who, um, had to put up with those concerts growing up because they all had to watch that and go through yeah. it. So that was fun. But, um, I don't know. I mean, from a very early age, I mean, I was, I was clearly like just, wanting i loved being in front of people i love performing so when i got into high school uh theater was where i decided to keep pursuing that and cool. i didn't have a ton of friends and i said you know i, I want to start i want to learn how to play guitar because i want to start a band because all the cool kids are in bands so my parents gave me an acoustic guitar because they said well we're not giving you an electric one until we know that you're serious yeah totally. so i taught myself to play uh until to this day i've never taken a lesson so that's i'm, I'm 
I don't know if I'm proud or if I should be worried about that, but it's worked <laughs> out. We're still doing well. So, uh, you know, I, I, and, and that's what kind of, you know, kicked off both sides of my performing career. You know, there was right. the, the acting side, which once I finished it in high school, I didn't get a chance to pursue it quite a bit when I was in university. So I went to radio, uh, to Ryerson for radio and television. So, uh, great on the production side it gave me everything that i needed to learn as far as like you know, totally. music production and studio production and yeah, yeah. Uh, i graduated in the middle of the recession so there were no jobs anywhere <laughs> yeah. like i was lucky to have a job in retail at the time that was getting me through school so uh you know that that kept me going and after my second solo tour i ended up finding a, like a really pop like a really good pop punk band that we had some success with which was a lot of fun oh cool so music was still there and uh yeah. then my second solo tour came around and it was 22 shows in 25 days it was it was Ooh, it was awful like it was wild. it was yeah it, don't get me wrong at the time like when i put it on paper i'm like look at this this looks so cool and by date like 15, I'm like, this was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I still have like 10 shows to go. So I remember literally like coming home, unpacking, uh, you know, my Tucson, because that's pretty much what I was touring in, throwing everything into like the corner in a basement and going, we are not doing music for the foreseeable future because we're done. Like, I'm wow. just, I cannot. You were just that um, burnt out by the whole I, experience. I was, yeah, like, yeah. well, because it, it went from, it went from recording a solo album to that tour that all happened in the span of about three months so oh wow it was a, it was a lot of of, of music in three yeah. months so after a couple of months i was like you know what I, I i need the creative outlet but i don't want to do music because i'm still i'm still burnt out six months later uh so it, you know i started picking up acting again which was completely a different world from what you know what i was doing in high school and all those little plays but uh I had one person who's now a very good friend of mine who gave me a shot in one of his shows. Uh, he ran a theater production company and that theater production company is actually how we ended up meeting. Okay, So we cool. ended up doing a show that's kind of bringing the, the, the origin stories together. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that, that theater company is one that we've done several shows with and there's one production that, uh, our, our nerdism's got yes it's actually very together. nerdy as well. It's a very, very nerdy show. It's so. called Emily strikes back and it's, it's like a bunch of people going to see Empire Strikes Back and uh, like in like when 1980. It, yeah, like, when it oh, came okay. out. Okay. Yep. And uh, and it, we actually perform it at fan expos and comic cons. No Cons. kidding. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. <laughs> and that's so, how we met. Like, wow. So we've gotten to perform, like we, we've gotten to tour that show down in like Orlando, which was a lot of fun. Like there. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, yeah, I mean, and it, it's been nice to just have perform being a part of my life since like day one. Uh, and it's, it's really interesting just to see kind of how it's come full circle up until this point. So, mm. um, yeah, that's cool. We, we worked on a couple of shows with that company, but we also did a show called the last five years together, which is basically a two hander show. There's it's, it's, it was Nicole and I in the cast. It was a 90 minute sung through show, no intermission, just the two of us, just the two of us. Whoa. We left the, We each got to leave the stage once <laughs> it was, it was, it was in a theater that didn't have air conditioning in like a heat wave yeah. in September. Our assistant stage manager, like almost passed out. <laughs> no kidding. Well, and you so guys hot. being under, under the stage lights, you're just cooking yeah. like a, like a chicken oh, under point, a I'm heat like, Can lamp? we just open the window and can we just like pull the drapes yeah. open and, and, and not be under stage lights? Cause this is. 
Oh, that's brutal. I mean, mm-hmm. trial by fire, though, I guess. <laughs> you know else. what, though? I, I, I think if you, even when you put that aside, it was, it was, it was such, it, it was a dream show for both of us. Yeah, like it was, it, was, it was on our bucket list. So we're, we're, we're glad that we got to do it. That's super cool. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask like how you guys met and what the whole, um, I guess impetus was for, for maybe starting a group together and maybe walk us through that whole story. Okay. Well, um, in the middle of the pandemic, in the plague, when everything was horrible, um, Armand just messaged me one day out of the blue because he was going to do another solo album and he wanted to put a duet on it. And he'd reached out to like, I think a few people to see if they were interested. And he reached out to me and was like, do you want to record a duet? And I, of course, had had like my life was had literally ground to a halt and been nothing for almost a year. And I was like, yes, yes, please. Yeah. So we recorded a duet. Um, it was a cover of Red by Taylor Swift. Cool. And that was our, ended up being our first single. And I was so excited because I've never, ever, like, you know, I love music and I kind of dabbled in writing, but nothing ever came to anything um, throughout life. Uh, And so to have a song that I was performing on actually be on, like, Spotify and Apple Music was like, what? What? That's incredible. So that was usually exciting. And um, we had so much fun with that that we decided to shoot a music video of that song just for just for the flock of it. So we did. We got a friend together and we, we shot a music video and... Um, and then when that came out, we were like, oh, this is a, this is kind of a big announcement. Like this is a big release. Maybe we should have a live stream concert. So we threw together some covers. We did our little live stream concert and everybody loved it. And then we started to go like, Hey, maybe we should like record these covers. So we did that. And before we'd even really begun that, we were like, maybe we should try writing a song together. (laughs) It all went very quickly. Like it escalated so fast. Like we wrote our first song, what, like December 27th and we started yeah. working on red in November. So yeah, we, we, I think the first session that we did, uh, which we did literally like behind us, like everything we, we record, like all the albums, everything you've heard is except for the album. We'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> but red, we basically recorded here and we started, I think like second week of November. Okay. Or first week in November, we recorded that. And then that's, we basically started planning. We did the music video shoot. We did everything that went, went along with that. But Basically, between the release date of Red, which was November 26th, um, a month later is when we basically wrote our first song. Wow. Within six weeks, we had written about 16 or 17 songs. And we're like, I think we (laughs) have an album to do. (laughs) Yeah, it went very, very fast. That's impressive. And that's one of the things that we love about working together is that it, not that I don't want to say that it's like super easy, but you know, it's, it comes naturally. Like we, we work so well off of each other that right. like there's, know, there's a flow just, that you've got together. Yeah. And, yeah. and songs just, we've got a very unique writing process because anytime that we've talked it or told our writing process to anybody, including musicians who've been doing this for a very long time, they look at us, which is like, yeah, I don't know if we'd be able to write with you, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we take it, we take that as a compliment, but um, yeah, I mean, first song was written right basically kind of right towards like the, the cusp of 2021. So we wrote those in six weeks. We spent a couple of weeks, you know, arranging and figuring out kind of what, what we wanted to do with them. Uh, then we basically packed up like our whole studio and moved to a cottage up North for just so we were completely isolated. So we had no distractions and no city, no COVID, no nothing. That's cool. Um, yeah. And basically just tracked the, and just spent the whole week there just recording the album. And, uh, yeah, a month later it came out. So 
very fast process. Very, very fast process from the moment that we wrote our first wow. song to the moment that we had a full album. And we out. really haven't stopped. Like, ever since we recorded Red, I think we've been meeting. Because we have rehearsal twice a week, um, okay. not counting gigs and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we've really stopped do Because at first it wasn't really rehearsal. It was like, oh, let's work on the music video. And um, But I don't think we've really ever stopped since... I mean, there was a little hiatus when I went home in the yeah, summer to that's, visit that's my family. But other than that, that we, wow. we've just been going, going, going ever since last November. That is crazy. So was that album that you recorded up in that cabin, was that Feeling Bad, Feeling Better? That's yes. correct, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Man, that's I I love stories like that where people just like meet up and then there's a there's a uh, a creative energy that just happens and a spark is ignited and and then you're off to the races. I think that's that's rare, honestly. Like there's a lot of people that just work their butts off for years before they even see yeah an album like a full-fledged album and you guys just like crushed one out in a few weeks like that's that's (laughs) insane well it's so funny because like i don't know like this obviously other than doodling around by myself this is the first time i've ever written with anyone but it's so weird to me when people say like oh yeah it took six people six months to write this song and i'm like okay a first of all how do you work with six different people on one song second of all how does it take you six (laughs) months to write a song what like no offense to anybody they're beautiful songs but like how i just i can't even wrap my head around that i i I will i honestly think i think i think we're i think we're both very lucky just to be able to to work so well off of each other and to feed so Mm. well off each other we have we always say that we have this kind of like mind twin thing that goes on because you know nicole will say like okay i I have i have like this i have a lyric and it kind of the ambience kind of sounds like this and i'll be like like this and again, there's no, like, we don't mention a melody. You don't mention anything like that, but just, you know, within five minutes, we'll basically have like the chord progression ready to go. And we'll have an idea of like the tempo and like, that's cool. where the rest of that song is going to go. It's, yeah. it's, so you guys just sync yeah. up like Bluetooth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in a, in and the wording and stuff way. too. Yeah. Like, and with lyrics and stuff too. Like, like that's the coolest feeling when I'm like, oh, it kind of sounds like this. And he'll be like, like this. And I'm like, yes, like that exactly. <laughs> it's wild. But also with like lyrics and stuff like that, we'll be stuck on like, one word or one line or something and then the other person will go what if we did and it's like literally exactly what the other one was starting to say as well like it's, man it's, we're always like right there with each other so. finish each it, it other's honest- sandwiches that's what i was gonna yeah. say yes. <laughs> oh my god you, you don't even understand how much i love frozen i toured with frozen for a bit you don't even understand how much it's I a legitimately it. good movie and i i will it die is. on that hill it's so good and frozen 2 was so beautiful my goodness it was so good oh. i cried so much oh my heart i told you he hasn't watched it yet um, oh you gotta you gotta get on that man it's i know so good. I, need to, I need to get on it i really do yeah. um but I, I i i will say like for I think the thing that I, I consider the luckiest and I think the thing that like for me has been the best part is that, I mean, we've spent, I mean, I've spent more time with you in the last like year than I think I've spent with anybody else in my life. <laughs> wow. uh, just because like yeah. we, and, and, and despite all that, and despite like just how fast things are moving and how much we've been writing in like all these shows we've been playing, there's never really been a point where like we butt heads or we disagree or, or anything like that. I think the most that we've ever disagreed is literally like on maybe one line in a song. We'll be like, what do you think about this? You're like, yeah. And we each have our way of, and we each know, like we don't even have like a, I disagree phrase. Like I'll pitch a line and Nicole's reaction is typically, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And mine is typically, hmm. 
<laughs> and that's and that's and that's literally the extent of like I don't really like where the like what's on there, but that's yeah. but you know if if that's the 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 harshest it gets, I mean that's that's a pretty yeah. cool. Then you're, then pretty you're doing cool pretty well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if that's just, the extent to which you disagree and like have arguments, like it's pretty solid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, that's still my favorite part. But yeah, no, that's it's. It's 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 been it's been just one of the best the best. This has probably been one of the best creative things that I've ever done, and um, I don't know. I can't imagine working with anybody else on something like this the way it has. So, Aww. Yeah, there's, there's Aww. your sentiment. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> well, and and I like too that that this whole thing kind of came out of COVID, right? And that's, mm-hmm. I'm, I've heard story after story of people doing things and starting things like either at the beginning of the pandemic or they've been stuck at home for however many weeks and months. And they're like, I need to do something like I got to get on YouTube. Like I've been watching a YouTube channel. Um, it's, I think it's cocktail time with Kevin Coase. And he's this guy in, I think Slovenia or something or somewhere in Europe, but he started this whole cocktail channel just inside of COVID. And the production level is so clean and top shelf. And um, he just put out a video a few weeks ago, about like his one year anniversary um video and like it's it's pretty cool the amount of like high caliber but also just the volume of tons of creative material that's come out of this whole thing so as as gnarly as this entire pandemic is obviously um there's a lot of good that's been coming out of it and i mean this podcast is a good example too like i started kind of putting together like i had the idea for a while and then i started working on it near the beginning of the pandemic and putting things together and then my first episode came out um i think in january or something but it's been a good project honestly and like a good creative outlet so i can see that you guys are definitely just as if not more excited and lit up and just electrified by this (laughs) whole creative process of like actually being able to work together so efficiently i think that's incredible Mm -hmm. and honestly like that's super rare but like one of the weird blessings to come out of covid too right it it is, and and I think I think the thing that's call it surprise and call it, but I think that the thing that's I would say it's just kind of funny is that this all just literally started with us two saying let's do this one song together, and that yeah. was that's that was going to cool. be it. Like when we released it, we we released it under our own names, like we released it as Armand Anthony and Nicole McCafferty. Like that's that's what was mm-hmm. on iTunes or what was on Apple Music and Spotify, right? Yeah. Like this wasn't. This wasn't, wasn't this wasn't I was literally about to say that. See? <laughs> this wasn't the plan. <laughs> Sinking up like Bluetooth again. I love it. <laughs> um, but you know, I I don't think you know I we would change it because this is it's like you said it's it's yeah. been a pretty great thing to come out of it. And all. it's interesting too. And it's that whole thing about like the whole plague and how there you know you have this like this expanse of time because I think if at the beginning you would come and been like you want to start a band and spend all our time together and like write like <laughs> constantly and do I would have been like so overwhelmed, right? But the fact that it just kind of sort of like we just we coasted into it really nice and just gained momentum. It was like, "Oh, we'll do one song. Oh, we'll do a video. Oh, we'll do an EP. Oh, we'll do a little live stream." And then and then and then we'll write a song and then it just and now it's like it's grown so organically that i don't know you know yeah it's 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 you know it, it's a, it's such a huge thing in our lives now that it would have been almost a bit terrifying if you'd approached us and been like before all this started and been like yeah so you guys are going to have an album that would be on a tour in less than a year 
Well, I mean, even <laughs> yeah, we, right. we were both yeah. we, we were both we were both saying this. I'm like, you know, if can you imagine like going back and telling our past selves when we were first releasing Red, hey, by this point, <laughs> by this time next year, <laughs> next year you'll be doing this, 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 this. You'll release this, and we're like, no, yeah. no, like not, not a like, chance. <laughs> Not a chance. Are you kidding me? And I think kind of not having that like expectation put on ourselves or right. not having yeah. like like even our genre. When we talk, people ask us, oh, well, how do you describe your genre? We never set out to be any particular genre. We just sat down with an acoustic guitar and went like, oh, let's see what we come up with. And we just sort of, it all just sort of happened. <laughs> it's very strange. I like to that, and I, I've listened to the whole album um, and the newest Aww, single and all that as well. And um, it's so funny. Like I can definitely hear the like musical theater inspiration through like some of the lyrics and just the way that the lines are written and all of it. It's very musical theater influence. Maybe maybe talk about that. Like if there's any, um, if that was either intentional or if that's something that just kind of organically poured out of you. Like how how did that all? How does that all resonate with you guys? I'm going to say it's it's very organic. Very. I think like I think like Nicole said, you know, we never really set out with a genre and our songwriting, you know, wasn't meant with, you know, we didn't really have anything in mind when we were writing. It just kind of naturally came. Right. Um, you know, we the way we songwrite and this is where kind of that weirdness comes in. A lot of people will come in with, you know, a uh a chord progression or a melody or they'll have like an idea in mind of like okay here's a line that i really want to and like they'll build off of that we actually write like the lyric like like lyrics and the melody and like putting that together is something that is it's the last thing we actually do and it's because it's actually the easiest part for us so oh, wow. if we come if we come in normally we'll we'll start with what we call we start with a concept you can call it a prompt as most songwriters do but for us sure. it's a concept sure um, and the one, the example that we always use is, uh, the second track on the album called remember the time. Uh, I remember telling Nicole, I'm like, I want to write a song about two people who have been friends for their entire lives that have to say goodbye. Uh, and they don't know if, or when they're going to see each other again. And that was it. That was literally where we started. Cool. And yeah. from then we started coming up with, okay, well, who are these two people? Where did they go to school? Like how long have they known each other? Like what did they both enjoy doing as kids? What's their favorite meal? Like what do they look like? What are their, like we put, right. Yeah. We have pages yeah. and pages of notes about who these people are just so that we can actually really kind of dig into like, why is this goodbye going to be so hard? Why are they saying goodbye? So the musical theater side of that is just us basically analyzing and like putting together all these backstories of these characters that nobody is ever going to see. Totally. But when it comes time to actually writing the song, it's going to be so much easier to put it together because they're going to be like, Oh no, wait, no. I mean, yeah, but they went to school together. Okay. That totally makes sense. So that one <laughs> line because of like that, you know, page that we wrote down of, of, of info comes together. So that's, that's part of the musical theater side of it. That's yeah. very so it interesting. So comes into the writing that like analyzing yeah. the characters and, and really giving them a voice, I guess, because, you know, a lot of people, and we do too, in, in a way, sort of write from mm -hmm. their own experiences and stuff like that and their own feelings and what have you. Um, and, and we do that as well. But what we'll usually do is we really do focus in on the character that is, you know, sort of telling the story within the song and we give over our experiences over to them and then it becomes their story. And I think. That is very therapeutic mm -hmm. and also lends, that's I think why you, you hear so much of that in the in the music. Yeah, kind of a catharsis in a way, like 
like absolving yourself of your own maybe pain or your own mm-hmm. struggles or your own joys as well, right? Like expressing all of that. That song definitely was the one that that I was kind of thinking of, like as far as a musical theater influence, because it, it was Aww. very like conversational, the whole yeah. the whole track and every line was just packed with like a history, right? And so I was wondering if that was something that you guys had experienced or if that was, but obviously, as you said, it was just a, a story that you guys kind of essentially wrote. That's I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. To an, yeah, Thank I mean, you. To, an, to an extent, I mean, like, I think we just, when we were describing it, we're like, well, how do we want to tell the story now that we have all these details? Right. And yeah. the idea is like, well, what if, what if this is the last time that they go out for a beer or their last coffee together, or they're literally yeah. like, they're taking a walk and this is it. Um, but a lot of that actually came from, like that scenario came from you. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, uh, I'm gonna, no, my parents don't listen to podcasts. It's fine. <laughs> Um, so in, uh, in grade 11, well, because he, so he came to me with this concept and I thought about that. And what first came to me was this experience. Um, when I was in grade 11, I, uh, I went, I was living with my mom and I went to live with my dad and I kind of sort of ran away kind of anyway, beyond the details of that. Um, I had a, a best friend who is still my best friend to this day. Um, who I was really close with at the time. And I, it was all very secretive. You learned this about me. Apparently I'm a very secretive person. Who knew? Anyway. Um, so maybe, maybe more of the super villain side, are we? Yeah, apparently. But, um, but I remember um, it just being the idea of having to tell her was like so hard. And I remember the moment mm. when I told her that I was leaving and I didn't know like if I'd be back or when I was going to see her again or whatever. And I, we went to McDonald's, we sat down and we had milkshakes and, yeah, that was the sort of conversation that sparked this for me. And that doesn't mean that like every every line in that song, they're all, you know, different and they're all very unique to these two characters that we've mm-hmm. created and told the story about within the song. But uh, but I, I told her about that and she's still like, are you going to sing my song tonight? It's really funny. Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> well, well, I we, love we, that. We like, do, yeah. Like, yeah. Like taking a small little nugget of your own life and then mm-hmm. maybe just implanting it in these characters that you guys have kind of created for that track i think that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. well and armand's really good at defining structure too so like the first part of remember the time we focus on like well what are the fun memories what are the things that really make our heart full and make you laugh and and then the second one is like what are those deep memories that you only share with this one person a death in the family their parents getting divorced like that is something that's very much like right so you're you're creating like an emotional flow throughout the whole song Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, like the, to to bring like I think to kind of like maybe like bring that to a to an end. There, the that question of just like the musical theater influence, the amount of people that have listened to the album, and I remember just the number one question mm-hmm. that we got from friends, from family members, from strangers, from from mm-hmm. interviews, were just like, "So when are you turning this into a musical?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> and like don't get us that is that is probably one of the most flattering things that we've heard like sure. it, it, yeah. it really is but you know again i'm like this isn't what we set out to do but it's a cool idea you know yeah. there's 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 definitely potential there it's not something that i think we're going to do with yeah. this album in particular but you know there's it's it's always in the back of our minds that you know there mm-hmm. if we if we have the right story or if we have the right opportunity um that comes along then we'll well, we'll, 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 it's something that we'd, we'd, we'd be willing, we'd, 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 we'd willing be willing to explore. Totally. <laughs> well, and, and you guys have both had some like theater and musical theater experience and like you've seen that world and you understand how it all works and uh, maybe what to do, what not to do, what works for a show, <laughs> what doesn't, you know, and, and you guys are 
um, touring as well. And I think that would be really cool. You know, maybe if maybe if it started as like a concept album and then it grew into a musical. Because um, I think the whole narrative of you guys like just doing a cover together and then where you are now, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> right, our own story. Story. Yeah, it could just be the continuation of that narrative, right? Rodri the musical. <laughs> <laughs> and the staging can be like just a large a large tree. And the upper branches will represent like, I don't know, the positive stuff, and then the roots will be like the deeper, darker stuff. I don't know. <laughs> oh dang. We could we it's could growing. call it the we could call it the broad tree. It could be broad and spanning the whole stage. I don't know. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> broad tree musical. That's got a that's got a sweet little ring it's to it. It's actually got a really life. good ring to it. It would yeah. be a beautiful like poster art, right? Beautiful poster. I see art. it on the marquee. You you heard it here first, folks. Broad tree the musical coming to a city near you. Uh, tickets available this <laughs> fall. I uh, know, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, if that happens, we'll make sure that you're the first to know. <laughs> oh man, I'm so there. <laughs> I think when we initially connected on Instagram, Armand, um, we were we were kind of going back and forth about some different things and one thing that you mentioned was um just activism and like social activism and being very vocal maybe maybe tell tell everybody about what that kind of looks like for you guys as a group maybe what that's looked like for you each individually on a personal level too and let's let's just riff on that for a bit we're both we're both very passionate. Uh, I mean, pre Broadtree, pre all of this, we're both very, very passionate about quite a bit, a few different things. Um, mental illness and mental health being, you know, one of the top things on that list. Um, but, you know, just with everything that's kind of happened in the world when it comes to racial inequality, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, indigenous rights here in Canada, LGBTQ uh, plus rights, uh, all those different things are things that we're both extremely passionate about and we will fight till the end for them what we never ever imagined we'd ever have would be a, a platform where we actually had, you know, ears and eyes of people who were watching the, what we did. And, you know, I think it just became clear, especially after the, um, after the terrorist attack in, in London, Ontario. Uh, right. Yeah. After that happened, you know, we, we, from the very beginning, I think as we started to, as things started to build, we, we both kind of promised ourselves, we're like, you know what, we're not going to, we don't want to make this a political thing. We want to make sure that we're, it's a, it's about our music. It's about us having fun. It's about, you know, us as individuals. But I think after that happened, um, I mean, we were both angry. We were both just so, so, so angry. And we couldn't, we, we couldn't just sit back and look at it and be like, you know, there's, I mean, at the time there was probably like two, 2,000, 2,500 people that were following us at the time. Yeah. Like, you know, there's potentially 2,500 voices or, or, or ears and eyes that can, we can speak to right now and not just in Canada. I mean, we have a, we have a, oddly enough, Canada's our like third most, uh, we, our followers are actually like third in Canada mm -hmm. uh, wow. versus like the UK and the U S and other parts of the world. So, right. you know, it's almost a sexual responsibility of basically saying like, you know, there's, there's so much that's going on in Canada that the world needs to know about. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, maybe for anyone that doesn't know, what was, what was the situation that actually happened in London, Ontario? 
So in London, Ontario, uh, there was a family of five ranging from a nine-year-old boy to their 73-year-old grandmother and uh, essentially a, uh, a white man in a van basically ran the family down um, on the wow. sidewalk. And everyone, uh, basically the, the youngest, the nine-year-old, uh, he was the only one that survived. So his, basically his, like, that's four generations of that family that were gone in one shot. Wow. And, you know, he, you know, just the thought of walking down the street, you know, and being run down because of what you look like. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. you know, for me, like I'm, I'm a person of color. I, I, I have a Muslim background just based on my, uh, my dad's background, like that angered me. And on the same time, it also terrifies me. You know, I live in Toronto, Toronto's a, a much bigger city and, if that's happening in a, in a small, t- not a small town, but like in a town like London, you know, uh, the amount of family members that just reached out to just be like, are you okay? I'm like, it's, 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 it's a lot to take on. It's a lot to, and that's where, you know, after a day or two of processing, we, we kind of said like, we need to, we need to actually speak out about this because mm, there's, yeah, you know, it's enough is enough. And, you know, if we're, if we're not speaking about it, then I think we're, part we're also, we're part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's, and it's such a, as, as I've gotten older and I mean, obviously we're so, we're so grateful to live in Canada and there's so many, you know, incredible things about this country. We're so lucky to be here, but at the same time, Canada just has this reputation and this idea of itself as being, you know, we're, we're so, we're so kind and we're, we're very like apologetic and we're, we're the peacekeepers and we're, you know what I mean? We, we have this whole, and I think the, the, um, the discovery of all the graves, the unmarked graves at residential schools and stuff like that. I mean, you know, that's just the type of thing that just really throws it out into the open. But I mean, lots of people outside Canada still had no idea. Like when we, we made, um, we made a statement about that on our Instagram and, uh, a lot of people from outside of Canada. Oh my God, we had no idea. Yeah. And, um, I think it's really important for, it's very Canada, we have a tendency to be very complacent and there are just certain things that are not okay to be complacent about, especially not in this day and age when there is the internet. I mean, people knew about residential schools. Yeah. Like we try to act like we didn't, but we did for yeah, we, years. We knew what was going on. Like the last like, one closed when I was still a kid, like in 96. Yeah. Well, and like, that's, that's what insane. I keep saying. Like if, if, if I had been born, of first nations descent, I could have gone to residential school. Sure. Like, and yeah, 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 I know probably not all of them were completely evil and whatever. That's not the point. The Mm -hmm. point, you know, it's the problem underlying the Mm -hmm. whole thing, right? Yeah. And and the the systems that were at work that allowed those schools to happen and allowed what happened within those schools to, to occur. Yeah. And, And I think with, with, with all of this, I mean, our, our biggest thing is for one, we need, we need to say something like we can't, we can't stay silent about it. And, you know, we, we, we will attend events, we'll attend marches, we'll speak out, you know, we've, we've talked to our local politicians here to talk about, you know, are there events that we could do? Like, what, what can we possibly potentially do? And now we're looking at spring because we wanted to do something for the fall, but just with COVID, it just was a little bit too hard. Sure. But you know, what can we do to raise it for us? It's awareness. That's the biggest thing, you know, and, and having conversations. And I think that's the biggest thing is anytime that we can spark a conversation, um, that to us is a win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, if somebody ever sends us a message and they disagree, 
let's have a conversation about that. We're not here to argue. We're here to, totally. we're here to, we're here to, we're yeah. here to have a conversation about what's going on because, yeah. you know, I remember we had one girl who I think she was a teenager and said, you know, well, is it really on us to, if, if this was something that, you know, was done generations ago, is this really on something for us to care? But I'm like, we need to have a conversation. And, you know, after an hour, it became very much a, like, holy sh- I don't know if I can swear on this or not. But <laughs> blank. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. like I didn't realize just, just how bad this was. And the fact that like, you know, it's, it's still technically happening. I'm like, yeah. 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 Well, and that's another thing that I feel like it's, it's so easy today, especially with, you know, your Facebook and your whatever thoughts and prayers. It's so easy to say like, yeah, Oh my totally. God, what a terrible thing. We feel so bad, but people don't realize there are so much like the, the issue. Obviously it's terrible that it happened. But the issue isn't that it's happened. The issue is that there are still terrible things happening right now that that we need to act on and try and and try and change, you know. And that's and that's I think the focus for whatever reason doesn't seem to go there very often. Yeah. So I think that that's kind of one of the things we try and bring attention to too is like the point isn't let's feel bad that this happened. The point is what can we do to make it better? Yeah, not not make exactly. it better that had happened, but make better what yeah. is going on right now. Do better in the future, you know? Well, I've, I've got so many friends that, that are of the black community and like one of my best friends, she's my big sister. I love this woman to death. Like I would die for her, you know, like she's, she's that level of a friend to me. Um, she, the amount of the amount of stories that she's told me about her upbringing and she was born in Winnipeg and uh, her and her family moved out to Calgary a long time ago but uh, the amount of stuff that she's experienced just as a black woman in Calgary in, like in Cowtown in Alberta right it's mm-hmm. it's wild and I have I have three cousins that are adopted from Haiti and so I've got black cousins and like the sensitivity that you get when you when you realize that this isn't just an issue that's happening like south of the border with mm-hmm. a country that used to have slavery like this is still an issue that affects our everyday lives like you can't tell mm-hmm. me that my cousins aren't going to have a different life than I did right that their experience mm-hmm. is not going to yeah. be different than mine right like you can't tell me that that is the reality of them growing up black in a predominantly white uh, province and and town and all of it it's it's wild and and the thing that really pains me is when people are just willfully ignorant about it and they don't want to have a discussion about it they don't want to talk about it because it oh well it doesn't affect my life so why should i care it's like well it's not about you and i think i think a lot of that also kind of bleeds over into covid and everything and people not wanting to get vaccinated and mm-hmm. i don't i don't understand a lot of the arguments around it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be empathetic and understand why people don't want to get the vaccine. Um, but for me, it's, it's about my neighbors that aren't as healthy as I am, right? Like I'm, I'm immunocompromised, like I'm diabetic. So I have to be careful, but I also have to watch out for, you know, my elderly grandparents and, um, mm-hmm. people at the business that I work at that are also older or people that, come in and shop and they're in you know they're all elderly folks too right so i'm i'm not just thinking about myself being immunocompromised i'm also having to think about other people that are in my direct sphere of influence and i think that um i i love exactly what you said armand that it's about awareness it's about people just opening up their minds and listening to other people's conversations and hearing other people's perspectives and that is so important 
it's so, so important to be aware of what's going on in the world around you. And, and, you know, to, to maybe bring that into, you know, like the, the, the activism and the awareness hat onto like maybe a more positive light too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so, not all dark and depressing. No. And well, and, and I mean, like for, for us, one of the biggest things and, you know, and this is one of the themes on the album without, you know, blatantly stating it, but uh, mental illness is a, is a big thing. Uh, I mean, we both live with mental illness. We both have diagnoses that, um, and we were, I don't think proud is the right word, but we're very open about the mm-hmm. fact that we live with this because right. yeah. it's, it's, it, it, it's a part of who we are and it doesn't define us, but you know, it's, it's no different than anybody living with any other sort of chronic illness. It's, but the challenge is, is that while we see it that way, it's hard for a lot of other people. You throw a, a term like borderline or bipolar out there and people immediately think of what they see on TV and get terrified yeah, by it. Yeah. So for us, our biggest thing is, you know, like there's a couple of songs on the album that talk about that directly. You know, we we wrote them to to specifically talk about, you know, what's it like being in a relationship with somebody who who has a mental illness or what's it like for somebody to get to a point where they have to go to a hospital for the first time? And what's that experience even like? Right. Um, And those are things that, you know, people don't necessarily consider. And I'm like, well, people aren't comfortable having those conversations because they're scary conversations. And we're not sitting here going like, no, they're not. You must listen because that's, that's just, (laughs) no, we're like, they are scary. I mean, they're scary for us. We like as people who've experienced things like this, but you know, if we can put it into a song, that you know just casually introduces you to that concept then maybe we can have a chat about it afterwards yeah uh, and then i think the the more positive thing is as uh, from all the the activism side things that uh the activist side of things that we've done was we did we released a song originally for we want we were releasing a song for pride this summer or this past summer uh called Biaz, and we were originally planning on making it kind of like a pride anthem the way it was meant the way it was originally written and just with everything that's been going on you know with with blm and just like you know just the amount of just racism that we've had here in canada and the u.s Mm -hmm. around the world um you know being being judged for 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 being queer um or or any form you know under that anything under the sun there uh, for your religion, for for working too much, like literally every little thing that somebody yeah, is judged for, because yeah. everyone has an opinion about what you need to be judged for nowadays. Um, we wanted to make that song as far reaching as possible, so we we spent a lot of time on just like all the different things that we could within the lyrics for Biaz, and released that. And I think that's where it truly felt like what we were doing was making a difference. Um, mm. We had with, within 24 hours of it coming out, we had people reaching out to us with incredible messages. Just like, I, I can't like, you know, family members and stuff saying like, Oh, my friend's daughter, listen to this. And blah, blah. we literally had somebody message us anonymously to our Instagram account and basically tell us that like, they, they felt like hearing that song was exactly what they needed. And it was like a life changing moment for them Wow! and that they were going to, they were, they were going to come out to their family essentially. Wow. And like, that was huge. Yeah. We cried. We cried. Like (laughs) we cried a lot. Like that's the most incredible feeling in the world. The most incredible feeling in the world. And someone, we have no idea who this person is. It was somebody from down in the States. Yeah. Um, we don't know what their name was or anything, but they, they wrote us a big long message on Instagram, basically thanking us. And we just, 
we oh, were just dumbfounded. It was I incredible. I um, I had a, a oh, you were here because like I was like, why is my cousin calling me at two o'clock in the morning? Because the song dropped at midnight, so two o'clock in the morning, I had a phone call from my cousin, and um, actually she sent me a message like I need to call you. I was like, it's two a.m. So she called me, and um, it's like I have a friend who has a daughter who's who's gay or who's come out as gay to her father. Um, but she's been terrified about coming out to her mother for the last two years because mm. uh, she doesn't know how, she doesn't know what to say, and she's just terrified of how she's going to react. Um, I'm like, okay, well, where, where, where are we going with this? And, um, well, uh, so her, my, my cousin, her friend basically had her listen to the song. Wow. And um, basically two days later, it turns out that she came out to her mother. And wow. Like stuff like that just makes like it hits you really really hard like that's where you just go like maybe we're doing something right (laughs) because if that's happening then it feels great so that is massive that that's something that you guys put into the world had that kind of an effect on someone to actually make that really really difficult decision that is crazy powerful yeah it was crazy it was the most incredible moving feeling (laughs) it's yeah, I mean, it, I think our 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 mo or you know our statement from the very beginning when we started doing this was like if if in everything that we do and if in anything that we release and any show that we play if if somehow we can we can have one person hear and feel it, um, mm, then yeah. everything that we will have done will have been worth it. And when that happened, there was a point where I think I joked. I'm like, so I guess we're done. Yeah. <laughs> our, our, like we're, yeah if we can our, just have one person, check. <laughs> yeah, so, we can hang up the towel. Good to go. Yeah, so, uh, so, I mean, it, it, it feels good to be able to, to have had that happen. I mean, you know, from that point, from, from, and from something that, again, like it, it came so fast. It came out of the blue. It came from like, we should do a pride statement to let's do a song and do like a, and do a, a, a really like emotional lyric video. And, mm-hmm. and with that song, it wasn't just like, it, we, we put a lot of effort into getting people who were people of color, who were queer, who were marginalized, like a variety of different people who all lended their voice. There's a section of the song where you have people basically saying like, hi, I'm so-and-so and I'm gay. I'm so-and-so and I'm queer. I'm so-and-so and I'm black. I'm so-and-so and I'm Muslim. And it's basically all of them just basically making these statements that are being about pride, like taking pride in who they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nicole, I, you you almost cry every single time. Oh yeah. Like, even now, even now it gives me shivers when I listen to it. It's And I, it just makes your heart so full to hear all of these voices overlapping and coming together. It's my favorite part of the song. <laughs> yeah. so that's right. It, it feels it really just good. Just after me. the bridge or just before the bridge or somewhere? Like kind of in the middle there, right? Uh, just after. Right, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, I think just, just right after, after okay. right after the second chorus. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And and what was that song again? It was Be as. Be as. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as in yeah. be as proud as you want to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it it felt it felt it was it was it was definitely one of us. I mean, everything that we've done so far has been has been a pretty proud moment. That one was uh that one was special. Mm-hmm. that's beautiful and yeah it it was such a such a cool thing to like in the middle of that song to hear these voices of people that were expressing their own individuality and their own experience and like this is who I am this is what I am and I think too like one 
one thing to, um, I guess to note is that, you know, you, you are, even if you are gay or even if you are black or even if you are queer, there is so much more that also identifies you as a person. Like you are so much Mm -hmm. like that is a, that is a big thing um, that people can like, I don't know, maybe use as a, as a touch point to say like, yeah, this is maybe something that is part of who you are, but this is not who you are, right? That who you are is so much Mm. more who you are is the sum of your past experiences and your childhood and, you know, the siblings that you had and the school that you went to and the car that you drove and your first date and all of that, right? Like all of these experiences are what make us who we are. And, um, you know, I, like being, being diabetic, right? Like that's, that's not who I am. It's a part of who I am. It's part of what my body has to deal with and struggle with every day. Um, but I'm also, you know, a musician. I'm also a friend. I'm also a podcast host apparently. So, (laughs) right. So like there's, there's so much more that we have, um, that is our identity. That's so much bigger than the little pieces, but Mm -hmm. the, yeah, the harm comes when people say that this one little part of you is not worth celebrating or this one part of you is not what my religion believes. And therefore I will discriminate you or this one part of you being your, the color of your skin is, is worth me taking my vehicle and ramming over your entire family. Like that is, mm-hmm. I don't know. And to, to really realize the, the humanity in everybody that we are all on this planet together. We are all connected. We are all here and we got to we got to learn to live with each other we got to give love to each other we got to you know stop hating each other and um yeah i don't know what do you guys yeah. think about all that i think i think i think the biggest thing is and I, and i think you, you literally just said it best we have to learn to live with each other and i think mm-hmm. you know we don't have to we don't have to agree there's no such thing as everyone agreeing that that, that it, it literally i don't think that's possible um you know, with the variety of cultures and the variety of people and, and, you know, our belief systems and, you know, uh, all the things that we just said, like your, your, your culture, your race, your, your religion, your, your job, like all these things don't, you're not going to agree with everybody. Frankly, like you're not going to be able to agree with people in your own family. You're not going to be able to, to agree with totally. your partner. You're not going to, yeah. and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but, you know, acceptance is the biggest thing. I think you mentioned the vaccination thing. You know, I, there are people who who have not been vaccinated for a variety of reasons. And and for me, it's a conversation. It's about finding like, I'm not here to judge you on whether you're getting it or not. I'm here to learn a little bit more about why. And yeah, you have your reasons. And I'm not going to sit here and judge them. I may disagree with them, but they're yours. And it's I, the the same respect that I would expect you to give me for my choice of getting vaccinated is the same respect that I'm going to offer you for your choice of not, yeah. um, 100%. And again, what, whatever yeah. your reason is, it doesn't matter. I have, I have friend, I have a friend who, uh, is living with a very serious health condition and he can't get vaccinated. Okay. Well, I mean, he can't, so I, I'm not going to judge that. That's, that's not for my place to do. I've had one other person say, I just don't feel comfortable. I feel like this is what, I mean, this vaccine is one big human trial. I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely what it is right now. Sure. That's what yeah. we're living. That's the scenario we're in, and and she, and like and then her exact words like, "I don't feel comfortable being a part of a human trial." I'm like, "That's completely fair. Like, sure. you do you." 
Um, but it's when we it's when we take that and like move into this world where you know we're creating these these cohorts of like anti-vaxxers and and you know people who have that mentality of you know I just don't feel comfortable being the human trial person they get thrown into the anti-vax worlds and then right. and, and it's no different than like some of the discrimination that we were just talking about but this person now suddenly gets judged in a horrible way for a personal choice that to be honest makes a lot of sense um but then but that but then that kind of gets into the extreme groups that we have right now like there's no there's no middle ground to have that conversation there's no middle ground for that respect to exist a lot of the time yeah, because yeah. you know and i i i Obviously, like there's there's guilty parties on both sides, and some are more extreme than others. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it's it's about that mutual respect. You know, I don't think that a doctor should ever have to leave a hospital in fear because there's a group that's you know basically just ready to pounce on them. Yeah. Um, in the same way that I don't think that somebody who's doesn't feel comfortable putting something into their body that they don't know enough about yet. Um, should be, you know, chastised by a group of people that are telling them, you know, something otherwise, like we all we all make our decisions, we all make our choices. The same way that you kind of mentioned that you have people that you need to take care of, we do too. Um, But at the end of the day, like it's it's about mutual respect. And if, you know, that person who's making that choice, you know, there's consequences or there's repercussions that go with it, you know, with this new law that's coming in on the 22nd in Ontario, where pretty much for dining for for just about everywhere you need a vaccine to to get in you know that's something that they have to deal with and and that's for them to deal with uh but if we're hanging out and you're wearing a mask i'm wearing a mask and we're we're doing our we're each doing our part then that mutual respect is there and that's the way i think you know we we could use a little bit more of we could use a little bit more of that learning to live with each other and learning a little bit more about that acceptance and, and and to have grace with other people too Right, like to understand that their their experience is their experience, and that informs their decision about if they want to get vaccinated or not. And yeah, maybe there is a medical thing there too, right? Like we don't know, but I think our job is to just love people and have grace with people. And that's and that's exactly it. Is that we don't know, and unless we have a conversation, then you can't really pass the judgment that that everybody else I think seems to want to pass on. So yeah, that's that's. I don't know. That's where I stand on that one. But yeah. Now your your newest song, I, I was listening to it again today, and I was wondering like how much the lyrics were influenced by COVID, like having a literal breath of fresh air. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> entirely, entirely. I yes, had a well hunch. Done. I had a hunch. <laughs> yes. I, yes. Before you get in, I, I did have a friend that like called me at one point and be like, is Nicole okay? Because like, they told him, like, it's like, like, who did this to her? I'm like, COVID. They're like, oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> But they were genuinely concerned for your well-being. And I'm like, no, it's about COVID. They're like, oh, that makes more sense. I appreciate that. That's hilarious. Sorry for interrupting. I just had to share that. (laughs) That's amazing. That's awesome. Uh Yes, you're absolutely right. So, um... I don't know. It felt it felt like pretty much the perfect time um, now that things are opening up a little bit and stuff. Um, but yes, COVID 
definitely helped inspire Breath of Fresh Air. Um, I guess probably the first time, like the very, very first time after the first sort of initial everything was locked down. And then there was a little bit of a, a lessening up where they're like, okay, well, sometimes when you're outside and you're distanced from people, it's okay to not have your mask on. And yeah. just having that like first, like, oh my God, like literal, literal breath of fresh air. And just just the feeling that went with that and like everything that COVID stripped away from us. In our first album, even though it was written in the middle of the plague, we we tried, we didn't really want to write songs about COVID because that's, everyone's talking about it. We've heard enough about it. We're all sick yeah, of hearing about it. It's like too close of an issue. Like it's, it's a little tongue yeah. in cheek, right? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, we're sick of hearing about it. But um, with Breath of Fresh Air, it's not so much about COVID as it is about the escape of it, you know, finally mm. starting to, to feel that freedom again and finally coming out of it. And what I love about breath of fresh air, which kind of relates to what your, your friend was worried about, um, <laughs> was this sort of, this sort of personification of COVID as, um, well, really anything that's really, really keeping you down in life and sort of making you forget who you really are. So that can mm. be anything from like an abusive relationship to like, you know, a, a rough place in your life where maybe you're, 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 you've got a really terrible, awful boss who's kind of sucking your soul out. Or if you, or even sure. like, you know, something is, something is sort of, so, sort of simple as maybe like a teenager who's feeling like their parents are too controlling or something more serious. Like you, you know, you have a diagnosis of a disease and you, it's really impacting your whole life. Like it can be so many different things. Um, and that's why I think hopefully, um, even though it sort of, uh, was born of, uh, this idea of COVID, hopefully, um, it, it finds itself in, in so many different situations that hopefully a lot of people will be able, be able to relate to it in the good way of escaping that situation as opposed to still being trapped in it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the song can tell a lot of different stories, um, so hopefully people will find that in it as well. That's what I like about it. But, um, but yes, it most definitely came from COVID. <laughs> <laughs> the, the initial, uh, influence was, was from COVID, but I like mm -hmm. to that, that there is so many other things you could pick out of it. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about music is that it doesn't matter where you are in your life. There's always a song. And if it's about, I don't know if it's about like a breakup, then maybe it really relates to you in a moment where you lost your job, right? Cause both of those exactly. are a loss. Mm -hmm. Or if mm -hmm. you lose a family member and you're listening to something about, um, I don't know about whatever it is that, that there's music written that can speak to you kind of wherever you at, wherever you are at, even if what your current situation is, wasn't intentionally what the artist, you know, initially, was thinking that the song would become, but yeah. Yeah. Multiple interpretations is my favorite thing. I love, <laughs> I love specificity totally. when we're, when we're creating our characters and telling their stories, I love specificity, but I also mm. love multiple interpretations. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and that happened a lot on the album. I mean, the, the, the feedback that we got on quite a few, and like there's some specific songs in particular where you, no one, no one, ever gave us their like when people gave us their interpretation no one actually got what the original song was about or which we made us go like that's <laughs> cool i'll take that like that's actually yeah, that's, a pretty that's cool, cool that you pulled people... this thing out of the song that this was yeah the about. song has nothing about that but all right we'll take it yeah so. um i know you guys are on tour right now you're currently just in the middle of your tour that started last week um yeah. maybe 
just chat about that for a bit. Like what it's been like to actually perform for people again. And uh, from, <laughs> from going from one city or town to the next and all of that, I'd, I'd love to hear about how the tour is, uh, is treating both of you. I think, well, we were doing a pot and I have to do this one because we were doing a podcast interview forever ago when the album this, first came out. Yeah. This yeah. was in June with, with a playlist. Um, so the, this was a play, uh, a podcast out in the UK. We were doing a really, a really, and they, they asked us to perform on the show. So we're like, absolutely no problem. So oh, we performed cool. a song uh, and it was two of them running the show and we finished the song and they started applauding. And we just, we had this moment where we stopped and like, just had to, cause they were like, are you guys okay? We're like, this is the first time that we've heard applause for anything that we've done in a year wow. and uh, like a year and three months. Right. Like it, it, it hit. And like, and I never would have expected it to hit us the way that it did. Oh, that's but like we so then had cool. a, we, we had a long conversation about it afterwards because it's just like, they're like, no, I mean, it, we, we, we clapped because it was a good song. We're like, thank you but you clapped and like because up until that point i mean we'd done live streams and we'd done live shows and we'd done you know but there's never been any interaction right there's never any and you're performing that you're performing to a camera the entire time yeah um so like you know you're you're singing into your mic or you're playing into your interface like there's no audience on the other side of that and um and to have that that was that was something that was really special and i think like that was one of those moments where like oh my god can we can we just fast forward to when we start to get played so yeah. when we can start to play live again so uh i think the moment that we booked our first few shows like because and that that's where i think things started like super rapidly we had one show booked before you left mm-hmm. for your trip and then you came back and then we had one meeting and then in that meeting, we booked three shows with that individual, but we also had like four emails come in for other shows. And like, we walked out of like within that hour. We had like seven so we had shows. Seven shows bug. We're like, okay, Whoa. well, this is cool. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm, like, I will say like, I will, for me, whenever I perform, and this goes for, for theater, this goes for music, this goes for mentalism, this goes for literally anything, anytime mm-hmm. that I perform, it's 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 honestly just such clockwork that it, it goes by in such a blur that I usually don't remember much from the show. Right. Yeah. If, yeah. Unless there was like one very big specific moment that like was funny or whatever the case may be. Um, but I will remember like every single second, uh, like the first performance that we did post COVID when we finally got to perform was, was just, it was a two songs, two song set at this little tiny amphitheater, um, which with restricted seating held like 30 people, <laughs> but I will remember every single like second of that performance just because of how incredible it felt to just be outdoor. It was outdoors for one, which made a huge mm-hmm. difference, <laughs> but just to be performing in front of people again, in front of complete strangers who yeah, were yeah. genuinely like interested in watching and hearing what you had to do. That was, that was something special. So for me, like that was, yeah, I, I walked away like just like pumped and energized. I I honestly expected that. Like I, I said it from the very beginning. Like the first time I perform in front of people, I, I'm going to like break down crying. And I'm glad I didn't. Um, I think that's going to happen the first time that we open our mentalism show. But that's a different story. <laughs> but uh, but no, that was that was for me. That was that was the live experience for the first time. So, um, and then another show came, and then another show came. So it's been. Just like everything else that we do, it's been very intense because it just doesn't stop. But very yeah. fast, yeah. 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 
it's cool going to different places and getting, I love, I love, well, that's, that was my life before I, you know, before the plague, um, I was touring with, uh, kid shows and musicals and things like that all across Canada. Um, okay. and so, and that's my fate. I love, well, I love performing and I love travel. So anything that incorporates those two things is pretty much my dream job. Um, and I just, I miss like being in different places all the time and getting to feel the different flavors of different places and, you know, the different people and things like that. Um, so it's, you know, we're, we're just starting to get the ball rolling, but it's, it's interesting to see the differences between different places and stuff like that. And I just, first of all, again, because you've had solo tours and stuff before, I've never ever sang anything I wrote in front of other people before. Oh, so totally. that's crazy. Like we do do covers and stuff as well, but when we sing our own original songs, and like, it's, it's so weird. Like we wrote this thing and then the people are listening and clapping and really enjoying it. And some people will come up and like, say like, oh, we really enjoyed it. Or like, you know, I especially liked that song. It was really, it's, it's cool. It's really cool. And then, and then I love um, when people sing along. That's really cool. I love that. <laughs> that's, that's a really that's a great pretty feeling. vulnerable thing too, to yeah. like present something that you've written and created and crafted in, in your own time to like give that to people and and then yeah like you don't know what's going to come of it you don't know if people are going to love it or hate it but that's that's such a vulnerable thing to be able to to create something and then give it to other people and put it out in the world like that it's interesting and i I don't know i think maybe it's the pandemic maybe it's just the way the way we write together under normal circumstances that's how i've always felt like i've always felt like okay like i'm writing a song and you know, the first time that you perform it for people, that's the most vulnerable time Mm, or the first time that, you know, you, you release it or have somebody listen to it for the first time. Like that's, and I got to say, I think the most vulnerable that I, that I ever feel, and I'm, and I'm glad that it's, it's, this is when I feel it is when we're actually writing it because that's Mm -hmm. when we're actually pouring out. And I mean, we're comfortable. We know so much about each other too much at some point but you know we I know talk about my poop too much around him <laughs> you know it's true oh i'm not no comment <laughs> but you know i we we've gotten to know each other so well and we, we you know there's we click so well but despite that and despite knowing so much about each other and despite knowing like the the ups and downs that we have in each other's lives and like you know the ins and outs of of, of our stories if we write a song about something that, you know, is impactful or meaningful or, 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 or whatever the case may be, the vulnerable side is, is talking about that with each other. Um, especially if it's something new or something that we haven't shared with each other before. Right. Uh, yeah, and that's where, totally. because then that's where we're going to go out and we have to basically, we're like, okay, so we have to figure out how we're going to tell the story. Yeah. How much of, how much of what we talk about, do we want to pour into this or how much of it do we want to kind of hold back? Um, and sometimes that story ends up becoming something completely different and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but I, I don't, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think there's been anything that we've released that we actually haven't been excited and pumped and just like, we cannot wait to release this, um, because we will, we will never, we would never ever release something that we were ever unsure about, um, and everything that we've released any, or even like the new song, like when we have a one or like at least one new song that we've been playing live on the tour, cause we're prepping it for January. Like that's how far out we're thinking right now. Cool. Um, but anytime that we play that, we're not even like, Oh, I wonder what people are going to think. We're like, 
we're playing this just to like, you know, see where people are picking up on vibes. Like we're actually, we've written the song, but we're writing extra elements of the song based on how people are reacting to it. So there's oh, not even that's a, cool. There's not even yeah. an element of vulnerability in that. It's more like, okay, we're excited to play this new song and see how, like, see what, see what people have yeah, like, to say. Like an experimentation element. That's exactly what it is. Focus totally. group. There, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Every, every city in Ontario, every city in Ontario is a focus group for this new yeah. song. So. <laughs> Whether um, they know it or not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's the vulnerability side to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, I think. I think that's fair. Yeah. It's just so great. It feels so great to be performing again. And I find I mean, you're always gonna get people who are kind of like in general um but like the people who are into it are so into it and i don't know if it's because like a lot of people it's like their first time going out to live music again or whatever it is but um but people have missed it because people like you know you get people who have had a lot to drink and they and they're they're always super into it and want to sing along and stuff but then you get people who like normally they might you know they'll clap and they'll like bop and groove a bit and stuff but these are these are people who will be like full-on singing along which is awesome because that's you know, so and cool. i think it's it's just all that pent up like we miss live music yeah oh totally a really and cool I, feeling i know for me like on the other end of it like from an audience perspective too like we had the calgary stampede this year mm. um maybe against better judgment one way or another <laughs> and we're kind of going into a fourth wave here in Alberta, maybe as a result, who knows if the two are connected, maybe we'll never know. And that's fine. But um, they had this event or this concert venue on site called Nashville North. And they have big bands in there every year, but all the bands that were there this year were all Canadian bands. And so I went to go see Brett Kissel. He's one of my favorite country artists. I don't really like country very much, but he's, he's, Mm -hmm. he's pretty good. And he's an Alberta boy. So like, but uh actually being at that concert with that many people and they took so many precautions they were asking for like vaccination records or doing fast um rapid rapid tests at the door and out of over sixty thousand people that went through nashville north over the week there was only 18 positive cases so i'm like honestly that was probably the safest place for me to be during stampede (laughs) (laughs) but the amount of energy that the people in the crowd were giving off as soon as the band hit the stage and they started playing and they were playing all the big songs like airwaves and all, and all his new stuff off the new album and the amount of energy. I thought the, I thought the tent was going to blow up and just (laughs) launch into orbit. It was unbelievable, but it was so powerful being in that audience and just being able to hear live music and like feel the bass in your chest and, being able to sing along with other people. Yeah. That kind of a feeling is really indescribable. And for anyone that's like been to a concert, you know, pre COVID, like concerts are great, but when you're cooped up for this long and you Mm -hmm. love being at a concert as much as any of us do, like, Holy smokes. It was unbelievable. There's a, so we have a friend who, well, I say friend because I don't know the rest of the guys, but uh, with the, the first concert that we got to go to um, after, after COVID was we got to go see uh, uh, the Arkells here in Toronto and they nice. did three nights and just, I mean, I, 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 I think leading into that, I almost said like, you know, if, if for my first COVID concert, I need it to be the right band. Like I needed to be a band that is going yeah. to mean 
so much to them as it does to me. Mm-hmm. And the Arkells are the, the perfect band for it. Cause like you can that just tell perfect. they were just like, this is mm-hmm. um, Yeah. It, it was, there were, there were these moments, like it, it was like living breath, breath of fresh air at certain points. Cause you're mm-hmm. sitting there living, you're sitting there going like, there are people that I'm surrounded by and we're about to watch a concert like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel real, but it is. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you guys are on tour currently. So if, if anyone, how long is the tour now? Till the how, end of November. End of November. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, we got all That's kinds of time then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like, if it's a two week tour and this comes out in two weeks, then people may miss <laughs> the boat, but. Oh no, no. Um, they'll have time. And, and you know, we're, beautiful. we're adding dates all the time. I mean, we're, the oh, tour, so the tour officially, and I'm putting that in quotes, officially ends on the 26th, which j- it, we realized this today. This it was just it was a happy accident because we basically wanted to do we wanted the last date of the tour to be a Toronto hometown show. Cool, um, yeah. And it happened to be on a Friday night, which was November 26th. We we're like, amazing, this is perfect. And we realized today that November 26th is actually the date that Red came out last year. No so we couldn't have asked way. For like a better yeah better day to have like our that final is day so of the tour. cool <laughs> wow yeah. uh things like, like this you... just happen to us like all the time <laughs> like can you say serendipity strange. like come on that's yeah. so cool <laughs> wow so yeah that'll, uh, so, yeah, that'll be such a cool like celebration of the last year for you guys too i'm sure and for anyone that that are fans in the crowd too that's going to be incredible oh that's so exciting wow <laughs> so we're, we're we're pumped we got um you know we we've got a little we got at least one more release planned this year mm-hmm. cool. um so we're, we're we're planning a christmas release we don't know what that's going to look like yet but we'll we're figuring that out as we speak it will not be a very covid christmas though that won't be the song <laughs> have yourself a covid little christmas <laughs> like hard Please, no let's not. yeah hard no, no. no thank you <laughs> Uh, and, and yeah, and I mean, we, we, we're already starting to think about kind of what next year is going to look like and, cool. uh, we're, we're excited about, I mean, we, we're so, ex- we're just, we're grateful about what the last year has been and we're, we're so excited about what, what the next year is going to look like. So beautiful. Well, for, for anyone that does want to see you guys on tour and, uh, and learn more about the band, where can people find you? Do you guys got a website? I know we're on Instagram, uh, cause that's mm-hmm. how we connected, but, uh, let, let people know where they can, where they can communicate with you and and find out more about you guys well instagram is where we are most active you can find us at broad tree music and we are always posting all kinds of great stuff like music and silly stuff and fun stuff and we always leave an open invitation to anybody for any reason if you want to message us we will message you back that is a promise we message back every single person who messages us so no matter what you want to talk about we're there (laughs) um and then on the instagram there is our link tree which um, like on the profile, you can click the link tree and that will take you to absolutely everything. We've got a merch store where you can get merch, obviously. Um, And it links to our YouTube channel. You can see like the music videos and the lyric videos and stuff. And um, it links to uh, Bands in Town, which has a list of all of our tour dates and um, the locations of them and the times and all that good stuff. So anything you could possibly want to find, you can find it through the link tree on the Instagram. And if you want, you can just Google Broad Tree Music and you can find us that way because we're on Instagram. Sorry, we're on Spotify and Apple Music and TikTok and, and 
Shazam and, and Napster and all that stuff. Just search Broadtree. <laughs> I'm shaking my head from like the story that we posted where Nicole decided to read off every store that we're listed in. Like an online music streaming like online thing? Music. It, took, it took a minute and a lot of misspelled. <laughs> a lot of like, things that I have never heard of before. <laughs> it was very entertaining. Oh, wow. <laughs> very entertaining. But yeah. But yeah, so just... Well, sounds good. So Instagram, Instagram would be the portal, and then yeah. mm-hmm. everything else is, is from there. Yeah, Beautiful. but we're on Facebook and YouTube and all that as well. Cool. Well, thank you so much, you guys. Honestly, this was so good. I had such a great time. Um, I <laughs> hope you. I hope y'all had as much fun as I did. But um, I'm glad that we, we were able to connect. And uh, thanks for reaching out and and uh, and starting this whole thing there, Armin. So um, yeah, this has been great. Thanks, guys, so much. This is fun. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening this week. Um, thanks again to Armin and Nicole. This was a super fun chat. Um, I really had a good time, and I hope you guys felt the same. If you all want to support and go listen to and consume Broadtree, they're on Spotify, they're on iTunes. Um, Again, they're over on Instagram, so go and check them out there. Um, As well, if you want to support this show, head over to patreon.com slash unexpectedexperts. There you can become a patron of this show for as little as three bucks a month. Um, get access to a second podcast called Unqualified Experts, a little more relaxed, a little more laid back. I've got a a few other perks on there as well. Uh, But go over and check that out and support the content that you consume and help creators like Broadtree and myself. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Unexpected Experts podcast.